0: are we on the air you got to go and dig those holes you got to go and dig those holes with broken hands and weathered souls emancipated from all you know you got to go and dig those holes hey we're gonna start off motherfucking episode 86 just like that and just like that only today we're going to dig your holes, okay? We're going to talk about some things. We're going to get you motivated. This is the Lone Man's Asylum show, the show where you get motivated, you laugh, and you think a little bit, okay, all at the same time, and you really figure out that people ain't that crazy. That being said, I think we're so used to the, you know, same uh, therapy that, like, a lot of people want to put you through, but this therapy is kind of unorthodox. It's anti-Semitic. I don't know what anti-Semitic means, but I just wanted to say it right there, but it's It's unorthodox and it really, really works, man. And it really works with the power of love through people. So the show mainly, primarily based on just finding common you know, common interests or common similarities that you have with another person. So if you find in any types of the show that you feel like, you know, we touched you in the right way and like, yo, sorry, I know it's 2018. There's a lot of allegations go around, but I mean, touched you spiritually in like all the right ways. And like, you were like, yo, man, I totally believe in that. Or I totally understand what that fucking person is saying. That itself, young friends and family and The asylum uh, refugees that we have in here is the Low Mains Asylum show. This show is everything. This show is life. This show is you. This show is me. This show is what makes a fucking world go around, if I can say that myself. The strange fact that I wanted to share with you guys today is that Phoenix was primarily called Pumpkinville. And I know I like I didn't know that until this week, and I know it's October, so that's you know very fitting. And I think strictly based upon on me just reading that, I think a lot of people back in the days, you know, enjoyed Halloween. They fell right into the Halloween bases, so they called it Pumpkinville because that's where the Halloween Town movie inspired from. And this is not facts. This is just me speaking from the dome and me saying that the energies of the world began in Pumpkinville, like back in eighteen sixty four in Arizona, and became Halloween Town in two thousand two. To some of y'all that barely just started jamming to the show right now i need y'all to know that halloween is my uptown most favorite time of the year i think there's something about just dressing up you know the earth like the earth kind of not like things like things don't start dying, but like the earth kind of becomes more of a peaceful place to be into, like everything serene. I can kind of read the energy of the world, like, you know, a bit better in the fall time. Just like the weekend said, you know, I come alive in the fall time. I So with that being said, we're going to have a solo episode just to bring in this kind of this fall You know mentality of like everything's cool. Everything is chill. This is a time that you need to stop and you need to update and you need to reflect and like you know think about everything. The summertime was nothing but pure hard work and hustle. The wintertime is nothing but pure hard work and hustle and a whole lot of food for all the fucking holiday times you know that come around then. But just the main thing is I just wanted to have a solo episode cuz I just wanted to touch bases with you guys all on things around the world. I watched that movie Holes over the weekend. I think that was Sunday. And when I seen that movie, honestly, it's been a long time like since I seen it. If you guys have not seen that movie, it was uh, it had Shia LaBeouf, you know, the guy from Even Stevens, way before he was like on drugs and doing weird ass freestyles like in a random forest and shit. Now, the movie like he he was walking home and like his dad like w- used to work on like taking you know shoes uh, shoe smell odor t- away and he was walking home one day then the homie zero like who stole some shoes threw it over a fucking bridge and he was caught with them and then he got taken away to this camp and the only thing that they were supposed to do is dig holes and then nothing else apparently the warden there said you know Digging holes builds character. I think anything builds character if you do it in repetition. Like, if you work out, that shit builds character. If you go through enough stress in your life and, you know, overcome all of that shit, that shit builds character. If you write your name 50 times in, in, in like, a fucking page, that builds character. But just the premise of one kid being severely innocent and going to this, like, literally this camp that's in, like, the middle of the desert, right, and, and they only got the only water that's 100 miles around so that's the only water that they got it's their little home from uh it's their little oasis from home pretty much his main job was just to dig holes and try to find the artifact from a lady back in the days called kissing Kate Barlow now kissing Kate Barlow just a side note on her is uh she was a teacher back in the days and then she really liked this dude And it was kind of fucking racist because uh, she was into a guy that used to sell onions. Yes, my brother was African-American just like I am. So solidarity that we were back over here hustling back into West Side Stories type shit. So... He used to sell onions and like he and he used to literally tell people like all the fucking beneficial facts that would come out of like eating onions. Like if you put it under your feet, like, you know, you feel better, like if you're sick and shit. Now, if you use it on your head, it makes your hair grow back and everything. I don't know, like if that's all facts, but if my brother believed it, so help me God, that shit's fucking true. So him and Kate Barlow, uh, she did not become kissing Kate Barlow yet. I'm going to tell you when she became kissing Kate Barlow. So him and Kate Barlow had a thing going on. And then so like he's like, hey, so Kate Barlow back in the days used to make, you know, jars of peaches back in the days. All right. So she used to have the dopest peaches. All around town, you know, it's marmalade, you know, sorry, peach marmalade. You can put that on your, you know, croissants. You can put that on your toast. You can eat it by yourself. I would not recommend eating it by itself because that's a whole lot of sweet shit right there. But she used to make peaches like jarred peaches and he told her like i'll start fixing things around your schoolhouse if you just give me some of your peaches and she's like cool so he fixed a hole on the roof where the water would drip down like due to rain and everything and He was fixing her window one night and at night she used to teach the adults how to read because if you guys don't know back in the wild wild west a lot of motherfucking adults did not know how to read. Everyone was a bit too busy trying to start a town and like you know ye olde town and they're you know too busy inside the saloons fucking knocking you know too many back and shit. But he like he was doing all this at night class one day and like all the adults kind of speculated that she had a thing for him. So they all came together. And while he was rowing back to the other side of the lake where he used to go get his delicious onions from, while he was rowing back over there, they literally chased him into the lake. And he was like, the poor guy was trying to run away. And they shot him in the middle of the lake. He, like, died on his fucking boat and everything. And it was the most saddest thing. And the saddest thing about it all is the sheriff of the town is the one that shot him. So police brutality has been going on since the Wild Wild West. And it still haven't stopped. So i'm I, like i think now a lot of people could finally fucking understand why people like w- will not let that shit go because that shit was permanent through all out history and like i need that shit to stop like asap man where the fuck is the love complete side note sorry so with that being said he died and then kate barlow was like you know what i'm gonna do this and this whole thing happened or the sheriff got the whole you know premonition of him dating her because he asked her for a kiss and then like she said stop and then he was inside the room so he so he kind of put one and one together she went down to the jailhouse all right so after everything and she's like hey sheriff would you still like that kiss and like he's like oh yeah so what she did was she shot him first shot him dead I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. She, I think, honestly, Kate Barlow would have shot the deputy, but, you know, he kind of ran away. And I don't think there was, you know, uh, I don't think he's coming back after that because that's the time that she got branded with the name Kissing Kate Barlow because she shot him and then she kissed him and she left a uh, red lipstick on, like, the side of his cheek. Now, after all of that, she became a wild, wild west cowgirl she like started going from town to town wreaking havoc fucking stealing out of like banks and shit and she hid most of her stuff and she said only people that like really like knew the whole tale would actually find it this whole thing so these kids are digging holes trying to find artifacts that kissing kate barlow left and at the end uh he found it now the whole thing that like i bring that movie up is because caveman went there and he was severely innocent like there was like this man did not do anything but he knew that sometimes you know but you got to take shit to the chin so that's life challenging you in weird ways he had to make friends he had to like sit down and like find common personalities or like common similarities between him and like other people so he became a hard worker man like he was teaching a kid how to read while like that kid was helping him like learn how to dig a hole he like fucked up here and there because he stole peanuts oh no sorry stole sunflower seeds from the warden and the warden but didn't want to like have any of it then he just took the blame for it man and which was not his job again so i'm saying all that just to say this that when when some people are in some certain situations they cave they cave so quickly and there's no pun intended on the fucking like his name in the movie which is caveman there's no pun intended they cave because sometimes they're like i didn't do this shit and, like, I should just, you know, get away with it. That's that's just like regular life. If it's not even your job and if you work for the position that you're working in, if it's just part of the business, you should still take care of it. I know it's not your job. I know it's not anything to do with you. But the character of it alone will be the thing that stands out the most about it. Cool? So Mr. Caveman, before he came to this camp, was very sheltered. Like, he, um, he believed in this curse about his family, about, like, his his uncle that like that literally went to go see a witch lady and the witch lady like told him how to get this girl that like he wanted and the only way that like they can do it is if he took a pig down to a lake and fed it the water and then like sang like like this song about like uh, if only the wood re- uh, the woodpecker would sigh if only if only then he was supposed to take the pig back home and then he was literally supposed to go pick up Ma- uh, Madame Zamboni, which is the witch lady, and take her to the lake so she can drink out of it. So on the last day, when the girl was supposed to choose him or the other farmer old guy, like, who was, like, just fucking sickening. Like, like this man, it's, uh, it's a dude from Borat, like, Borat's fat friend in that movie. So, like, it's this dirty-ass dude, and, like, he's this young, handsome man, and, like, he really loved this girl, and, like, he's, like... I raised this pig and I really hope that my pig is actually bigger than the other farmers and baby girl. I just love you. And as soon as they said that, like the dad of the girl was like, "Okay, honey, you choose because both of the pigs that they bought are equal weight. And she looked at her dad and just said, "Um, how about you choose, dad? And as soon as he like as soon as she said that he just got so mad like he's like I don't even want to marry her anymore because this dumb fucking bimbo won't take fucking thing of like I raised this fucking pig from like from a pup. And now like it's this huge thing that I'm trying to give it to your dad so he can slaughter it because I'm trying to win your love and I can't even do that. So he just gave her the pig. So on the last day he was supposed to take Madame Zamboni back to the lake but he didn't take her back so there was a curse and he came to the new land which is america so apparently they believed in this whole curse and everything but at the end of the whole movie he broke the curse just nothing due to like him finding anything or like finding all the artifacts he broke the curse in the sense of he found himself so between all that stress between all that shit that he had to go to and endure he built character by finding himself and after that he built comfortability like he had sight he had vision and it was all because of he didn't cave now that's the biggest thing that we're going to keep using the premise of this shit he didn't cave now when i tell you guys like don't cave i truly mean that shit because there's some certain things that people do in your life and like i think now like i kind of just want to go into the fact that we should wrap ourselves around like the right pe- like people like right or just wrap ourselves around actual teammates rather than friends <clears throat> a lot of you guys might be like what the fuck am i talking about but i'd rather have teammates than friends because teammates are there they really care about your future but they really want to see you make it and teammates just like yourself never want to see you cave With that being said, I had so much opportunities in the last two weeks to actually kick people out of my life and I've been cleansing it just as such. So in the sense of, all these people that want to throw like nothing but stress into your life that actually call themselves your friends and like they know that you have nothing but pure things in your future and you're working so fucking hard and you're dedicated your time your effort to everything that you want to do to your future but they want to make it harder on you because they want you to worry about things that don't even matter or pertain to assisting you reach that goal they want to sit there and make you worry about other things that don't even actually matter like hey you should worry about this because i'm having a bad day and everything sucks and this sucks people like that then the negative people just like that man i get it like i totally understand mental illness is a son of a bitch. depression is a son of a bitch. i i've been there i personally been there i get it but we gotta stop thinking so negative i know man I have my fair share of fucking sad days, but I know my sadness is not going to fulfill anything. My sadness is not going to complete any necessary task that I need to complete to reach my goal. So with that being said, that's where your teammates come into alignment. Bruh and sis. So both of y'all out there that's listening to this shit. Brothers and sisters, I should say. It's not only two people jamming to this whole show. Because this shit's motherfucking worldwide. The only way to dictate or reevaluate friendship is to really ask yourself one question. When actual stressful situations arise, are they helping you or are they hurting your chances? Is a person actually being there for you, giving you great advice or like great mental, emotional stability or reinforcement? Or are they hurting you and telling you, like, don't try so much, man. Nah, fuck that. Quit. You don't need all that stuff. You don't need this. You don't need that. That's actually hurting you. Like, some of you guys might see it as, like, oh, a friend really cares. like they And they want me to stop trying because it's so damn hard. But that's, like, a fucking evilness in itself. Like, when you say something is way too hard and you just quit at it, who is the one really losing? Like, is the actual task in itself losing or are you losing because you just gave up on it? You really need to ask yourself that question. Secondly, this is kind of something that you need to gauge by yourself just due to facts alone of like the friendship and everything is do they really care? Do they really care about what the fuck you're like you're going through? Because I have some friends person like in my life. That when you try to like talk to them about anything emotional, like talk to them about like anything that actually matters, it turns into they just turn it around to themselves. Like it's like, oh, well, yeah, it just sounds like what the fuck I'm going through. And then like you call them because you have a problem, then it turned into you helping them out with the problem. And I I like, I don't know when roles just reverse like that. It's, I'm a very fucking strong person and everything, but sometimes just like every fucking other human being, I do have weak spots and I do go to my friends, AKA teammates, AKA family and stuff to actually help me out through everything. Now, so weeding out all the people that did not actually care, like it's just, they showed it by like switching it around to like to themselves or really not even paying attention to you Or even just by saying, you know what? You just got to get over it. Now, fuck that. It's not that easy. It's not that easy to get over things that you actually care about. Like when you actually care about doing things for your future, it's not that easy to quit, bruh. And you go to friends in like a moment of weakness, you know, expecting some type of comfort. But it turns into like them. And it's like, yo, bro, like I'm like I'm here for you. Like and I will always listen to you. But this is not about you right now. Like we're talking about me it's be my teammate or don't be my teammate you know it's all up to you now with that being said we got to talk about being self-aware like being self-aware in your own fucking body now the the friendship that you got around you are you being a teammate are you the sour person like in their lives it's the way to be a better teammate is to actually listen to your friends and help them and try to guide them or try to give them advice to actually reach their goals, man. It's the most beautiful thing, I think, watching some of my friends or some, like some of my family reach their goals. Like my sister, I'm so fucking proud of her. Like she's graduating at a college in like the span of two weeks and that shit right there makes me so fucking happy and like just cuz I'm vicariously living through her. Like she is getting her bachelors, all right? And that's a fucking major thing, man. She's getting her bachelors and it's the way that she's so happy, the like the like the the glow that she has, it's the most refreshing and like addictive thing of all time, man. And I'm I think I'm equally as happy as she is like getting that because like, it's just her happiness means so much. And that's me being a teammate. like That's me being there for her. Like, hey, sis, do you need anything? I got you. Are you hungry? Do you need that? So just really think about you being a teammate, all right? If you are not being a teammate in somebody's life and if you're actually deferring them away from their goal, I need you to stop what the fuck you're doing and I need you to walk away from that person because that person does not deserve any of that fucking shit at all so i just know one person who did not need a teammate this whole week and that was khabib norman Goodall. yo that fucking mma fight was the most wildest shit of all time so khabib and what the fuck is his name that irish motherfucker um uh, mcgregor the like them two niggas fought on saturday and that was like the biggest lightweight i have no the lightweight Championship, so they were fighting for that. Khabib is from Russia. This man is Muslim. Uh, Pickle Rick I mean, <laughs> McGregor is from Ireland. I think most of y'all know who McGregor is. He's like a fucking two, a cocky son of a nigga. Like it's just he's the most shortest dude that talks the most shit and everything. Now, things happened that like led up to everything. So when they were having their press conference, like I think about a year ago. McGregor flew all the way down to New York to actually break windows in the tour bus of Khabib. Some like some people really got hurt on Khabib's team. So all of that shit happened. It went to the point that he kept telling him assalamu alaikum to whiskey. And then Khabib kept saying like, hey man, I don't drink. So please don't use like, assalamu in and like, drinking in the same actual conversation. Which is completely understandable. Like guys, people have religion barriers that like they don't want you to cross like you should never cross that it went from a regular fight to like for the championship to a something a whole lot bigger because it turned into Khabib really fighting for something that he really believes in and McGregor the whole time kept calling him a pussy that like he was gonna do anything about it then the final straw he said something about his dad supposedly eating ass inside of the mosque or something and the utmost courage or like the restraint that could be practiced like with like without knocking this motherfucking teeth out like in the middle of any press conference it was the most beautiful thing because when he got inside of that cage on saturday he remembered he stored all that fucking aggression that he wanted to use throughout the whole thing and he whooped this motherfuckers ass into submission okay this motherfucker tapped out as soon as he tapped out Khabib kept the same motherfucking energy in the fight and he jumped over the fence and he started fucking up the trainers of McGregor. At the same time, the trainers of Khabib ran inside of the octagon and they started fucking up McGregor. Like, that's the same thing. that, Like, okay, Charlemagne the God says this the fucking best. He says, if you tell somebody, fuck you you can't dictate how they come back at you on if they slap you if they punch you or even if they shoot you you have no responsibility on how someone is going to react to something that you say now if you talk about my religion and belittle it and talk so much shit about it and then you talk shit about my dad right after like there's there's nothing saving you bro. like there's nothing fucking saving you and the most beautiful thing is he waited until the fight night but So much people were appalled at Khabib after having all these facts, but people just really want to be offended in 2018, but having all these facts of this dude, like, vandalizing his tour bus, almost kicking him, like, in the face on a press run, talking about his dad, talking about, like, his religion, talking about how much of a fucking coward he is and everything. And I know, you gotta sell a fight. I get it. But that's just going way too far. So... Khabib just waited until that day and gave all that motherfucking energy to everybody. He came out with an apology and kept it so fucking real. He said, I do apologize for all my actions and all the things that I did do. But you guys are not taking into the consideration that about what he said about me, about my character, about my dad, about my religion, and everything else. Vandalizing my own tour bus. And on top of that, almost getting someone in my team hurt. Because of vandalizing my tour bus. So with that being said, you can't tell nobody how to fucking act. But I believe we need to keep that same motherfucking energy that Khabib, like you know, had at the same time. Khabib kept that big ass mentality, like and said, you know what, man, I'll let you do all the talking. I will let my action talk for me, and that's something that we should all do. You know, it goes back to building character. When probably Shia LaBeouf was digging these holes he couldn't dig the holes by just talking his way fucking through he had to dig these holes by actually picking up that fucking thing and putting the action or the shovel to the dirt the action to the fucking mindset and that's how he found the kissing cape barlow artifacts god damn it he found old peaches he found old onions that were both totally like amazing for him him and fucking zero ate it and, and everything it was a beautiful fucking thing now with that being said um one person who is a son of a bitch that isn't apologizing for anything this week is Kavanaugh. That weird, I, I don't know like if that's his name or anything. I heard that he got uh, ducted. I don't know how to say that word, guys. I'm not very great with words sometimes. Ducted, uh, inducted. One of those things like he like he got inducted to the uh, judges and everything. And that's the most like saddest thing, man. It's You Like the world gave you all the facts of like what he did and everything and just Donald Trump coming out and like being like all these girls were lying and like all these girls were like we're lying about this and that and like all these girls saying I don't know I don't know about this I don't know about that I get it like if you're severely innocent cool but this man like has so much facts against him that like he's not innocent and like that makes no sense I had to personally go out there and I had to educate myself like a lot more on everything. I educated myself on like what actually becomes abusive to like what's actually normal because there uh just me being as a man and just being ignorant and not having enough education in that in that field alone I was very confused on like you know where the line is drawn cuz like it's I wish that I can talk to more girls like I like I really think that we're going to have a future episode tune that that we sit down with girls that like have been through things and like we're going to ask them questions that like, you know, that I really want to ask and and it's going to be very personal questions. But I think the people that we do have on the show are going to be honest and like they're going to answer it perfectly. But I seen this uh, cartoon animation video on YouTube by I um, Illimation. Uh, That's her name, Illy Mason, and it says how I met my ex-boyfriend. Now, I'm going to play the audio for you guys. I do not own any of this audio. I'm just using this for educational purposes. I just want you guys to find out about what I really learned between all this. Now, this whole thing changed my life. Before I play the audio, I do want to outro. Guys, I fucking appreciate each and every single one of you guys for joining us on every fucking Tuesday. Episode 86 has been a great one. And make sure that you enjoy your week. Make sure that you build character. Make sure that you get teammates around you and you're being a teammate for anyone else that you want to hold close to you. Guys, make sure to keep the same motherfucking energy that you had when you were writing your goals down. And if you haven't found your goal yet, trust the process. It will come to you. Drink your water, tip your bartender, to follow me on Instagram, that's Fresh Prince of the West. To follow me on Snapchat, that's Slow 1990 I drop some great fucking videos on Snapchat. I drop some great pictures and videos and content on Instagram. So if you guys really want to have a dialogue with me or have a dialogue with any other characters that we had on the show, make sure to hit me up on those two socials and you'll get all the information that you may need. Now, let's get right into this and peace.
1: Alright, who's here for the chaos?
0: I'm here for the chaos!
1: I said, who's here for the chaos? I'm
0: here for the
1: chaos! This is a super long story, and it's really hard to condense without cutting out any important details. So, this is part one of a three-part series. The other two parts will be linked in the description and made into a playlist on my channel. As soon as I finish them. (sighs) Okay, I'm gonna start out with what you absolutely need to know. I dated a... dated in quotes, because that's illegal. It started when I was 13 and he was 17. that's an exaggeration. Nice clickbait, Illy. No, it is not an exaggeration. If you're 17 years old, you know, applying to colleges, driving, maybe you have a job, Why would you have a crush on someone who's literally in middle school? You know what kind of boys I was into in middle school? Kovu, from The Lion King 2. Moving on. But if the age difference there isn't enough to prove he was a predator, this person also pressured me into sending explicit pictures of myself and threatened me when I said no. Which I did. So, go ahead. Say, age is just a number, and I'm blowing this whole thing up out of proportion. Go on. I'm used to it. Because that's what he told me for five years. Here's what happened. When I was 13, just like many of you watching, I was interested in drawing, illustrating, Kovu from the Lion King 2, making comics, digital painting, and even animating. I had a deviant art with cringy meme drawings and Lion King OCs, do not steal. Like, if you're gonna judge me on anything in this video, judge me here, okay? I was a kid. I wrote Harry Potter fan fiction. I was in middle school. I was 13. And I made an account on a now-deleted website called Art Spots. It was like Agio or Drawsome. You just draw online with other random people and there's a chat box on the side and in retrospect i think artspots was a furry website Anyway, one day someone popped in and said they liked my drawing, and they asked how old I was. I said I was 13. They said they were 17, and they thought my art was so good that I had to be an art teacher or something. Now, this may seem like a compliment, and it is, especially from someone older than you. And that's exactly what I was thinking. But considering what would later happen, this is called grooming. Grooming is when someone builds an emotional connection with a child to gain their trust for the purposes of abuse. The predator gains the child's trust, breaks down their defenses, and then convinces the child to engage in their desired disgusting acts. And I really want to stress, hindsight is 2020. If I could gaze into the future, I would have logged off and never gotten on a computer ever again. But I'm not that so Raven. So from there, this guy shared his entire life story with me, that he was graduating high school soon, had a crush on this girl who put him in the friend zone and he was severely depressed because of that, and all he wanted was a friend. But, and this is important, he told me to never tell my parents about our friendship. Why? Because they wouldn't understand us. We're like Romeo and Juliet, okay? Ugh, Illy, you have to be stupid to not see these obvious red flags. I would never let that happen to me. No, I wasn't stupid. I was 13, just like many of you watching. Just think about all the normal friends you've made online, like through Minecraft or Roblox, and then imagine if this happened to you. No one really tells you about these things, so that's all I'm trying to do in this video series. God bless, go in peace. So eventually we moved our conversations to AIM, then Skype, then texting. And as time went on, he demanded more and more from me and he never seemed to understand that I was three hours ahead of him. I lived in North Carolina and he lived in California. So I couldn't exactly stay up late talking every night. But to that, he'd accuse me of ignoring him and hating him. And one night when I fell asleep, I woke up to a barrage of texts from him saying he was going to kill himself because I was ignoring him. And I called him a million times, and after hours of calling and texting him that I was sorry and it wouldn't happen again, he finally responded. And thankfully he was okay, but I was not. At 13, I couldn't imagine being the reason someone killed themselves. No matter how much staying up till 1, 2, sometimes 3 in the morning was destroying me. But from that night on, out of fear, I stayed awake. By high school, our friendship completely took over my life because when I was with friends or family, he'd do anything to make me leave them and talk to him. He'd blow up my phone while I was at dinner. If I didn't respond, he'd call me awful things just to bait me into giving him attention. Even on prom night, he tried convincing me to stay home. And when I didn't comply, he went silent, which worried me to death. And he later explained he did this as a punishment for ignoring him. He would do anything and everything to keep me isolated from friends and family. And his favorite tactic? Threatening suicide. (sighs) Well, why didn't you just leave? Just log off. I did, but again, he had every means to contact me, even my home address. So if I just logged off, he could swat me. Death was something he constantly held over my head. That's terrifying. So why did I stay? Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome is a condition that causes hostages to develop a psychological alliance towards their captors as a survival strategy. This can also be the case for those in abusive relationships. So, every time he threatens suicide, I would talk him off the cliff by saying exactly what he wanted to hear. I don't want to go hang out with my friends. I don't want to go eat dinner with my family. I don't want to go on that date. I, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to work. I, I don't want to go anywhere where I can't be with you. And after months and years of saying exactly what he wanted to hear, I started to believe it, just like he wanted me to. I felt brainwashed, trapped in my own mind games, and slowly, he broke me down, made me choose sides, and conditioned me to do anything he wanted. And why did he want me so badly? Well, when I was 15, he used these tactics to take inappropriate pictures of me, and he saved them on his computer in what he called his personal collection. By this time, He had just turned 21. This is where, to him, our friendship turned into a relationship. You can skip to here to avoid reading these messages. Um, Illy, I know you claim that this adult man pressured you into sending explicit pictures of yourself, and you have the messages to prove it. Or whatever. But shouldn't you respect his privacy and not use his real name? He invaded my 15-year-old body! (laughs) Fuck your privacy! Fuck your privacy! Every day, after school, during the summer, even while I was at work, he demanded I stop whatever I'm doing and send him no less than 30 Snapchats a day. And if I said no, which I did, he'd find a way to force me. I remember one time I begged him for hours to leave me alone. I even told him that this was considered CP and that he could go to jail. And you'd think if someone was confronted with this kind of information, they'd go, Oh man, I don't want to go to jail. You're right. What I'm doing is awful. I should really stop harassing and threatening you to- Nope! 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 Not Harris. These pictures of me were so important to him, he'd do anything to get them. So he found a way to deny, deflect, and blame me for everything. I can't believe you think I'm a- What is wrong with you? Are you crazy? Do you have any idea how that makes me feel as your boyfriend? That you think I'm a- (sighs) This is called gaslighting. Gaslighting is where the abuser denies reality and convinces the victim to doubt their own memory, perceptions, even sanity. And, like always, Harris threatens suicide if I didn't go along with him. So, when I try to tell him what he's doing is wrong, is disgusting, is against the law, I ended up being the one apologizing to him for making him cry. Cry more, dude! (laughs) What's wrong? This went on until I graduated high school and went to college. Oh, and remember that girl who friend-zoned him in high school? Around this time, she reached out to me, telling me to run, to block him, to cut him off immediately. Because truly, he harassed her back in high school stalked her in real life. And when she blocked his phone number, Harris used a website to make up fake phone numbers so he could still contact her and harass her. I didn't want to think this was true, but then again, if it was happening to someone else, maybe it was. So I brought these allegations up to Harris, and he became so angry at me. He denied doing any of that, despite the proof she had. He accused me of lying. He told me to never speak to her again. And he demanded all of my passwords on every social media platform to make sure of it. He also threatened to kill me and then himself if I didn't comply. You could have said no. No, I couldn't have. I was terrified. You don't know what it was like. You don't get to say that to me and millions of other young children who are lured into this kind of evil every day. We don't need to be told what to do or how to feel. We've had enough of that from these awful people who hurt us. What we need is for someone to finally listen and believe us. People like Harris do not deserve your empathy. People like Harris do not deserve the benefit of the doubt because people like Harris thrive when others are complicit. The more we turn the other cheek, say, that's none of my business, or even worse, blame literal children for the evil they had to bear and the childhood they had to sacrifice. The more this happens, the more people like Harris get away with it and do it again. But understand, this is why I'm telling this story years after it happened. I want to warn others, especially those watching who are as young as I was. And sadly, this story is only the beginning. Most of you know, I grew up in North Carolina and moved to California For college. And a lot of you have asked me. How could you do that? You're leaving your whole family. You've never even been to California. Well. Harris made me. And. I'll get into that in the next video.
0: Yo man. shots out to Illamation for that great fucking video. And. Even though she talked about her being at the age of 13. And you know. Getting older. Through that. It's the age is not the actual thing that you should be worrying about because this, this can happen to you at any age. And these are the tactics that some of these predators use. These are the type of things that they try to make you think. And it's so sick because the way that she broke it down, it's the most like demonic thing of all time, man. And the only way that we can change our community is to actually put light and awareness onto actual things that we need to change. So I'm very, very happy and very thankful that I could watch that video and, like, watch this girl pour her heart out and everything. So shout out to all you girls out there. Shout out to, you know, some males out there that have been through the same thing. Just know God is good. God is great. And just by going one day at a time, you can really fix anything that they broke through love, compassion, and actual friendship to any of you guys that jammed to the show and have been through any of this and you and you guys want to share with me or you guys want to share with the show make sure to write me just you can dm it you can put it in the fucking comments fresh prince of the west again on instagram low main 1990 on snapchat talk to me i talk back peace